your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings on All I know is Zach said he has a game where Shield don't read both 7,000 And I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, that's really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. Hello, everybody. And welcome to Birds with Friends on a beautiful Tuesday evening. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Shilka Padia, Marissa Morris here to talk about a Philadelphia Eagles team that is potentially two games away, two weeks away from entering the playoffs, could do it as early as this Sunday night. Of course, Sheil, everybody has been waiting for a couple days now to find out your take on on Zach's beautiful blue eyes. Beautiful eyes, great hair. I mean, Zach's got a lot to, you know, going for him. People don't know. I, I, I knew Zach before he was married, before he was tied down. We'd be making small talk about, you know, his, his dating life. I didn't, you know, I, I was already pretty much tied down at that moment. And it wouldn't have mattered. I never really had much of a dating life, but I listen, I, I know a lot about, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, the conversations. Oh, oh. I, I like to live vicariously, just like, uh, with emotions, I like to go to the what do you call it, Bo? I like to the go emotional to the zoo. Yeah, emotional zoo. Uh, I like to live vicariously through other people's dating life. So I'm very interested in the like. Well, do you text? When do you text back? Uh, are you texting? What are you saying? How did it go? What did she say when she showed up? Do you think it was? Oh, so listen, I have a long history. Uh, Don Juan eyes, about his town. his hair, and uh, you know, in in his personal life. This is making me so uncomfortable. As but that's imagine. true, right, Zach? Well, I mean, as we yeah, see, yeah, yeah, on chatters in the live chat, at the Nova noticing, the, noticing yeah. the palm trees in Zach's background. Yeah, I, We've got casual Lothario Zach on, <laughs> on the pod tonight. So I, I will give an explanation here. Uh, as we said on the last podcast, my um, my wife and my kids are in, are in Florida visiting my in-laws. And uh, because no, and because the Eagles are virtual, uh, I'm able to do my work remote. So I was able to sneak down for two days, uh, a little oh, Sunday nice. to Wednesday. I was on the the uh, the press conferences today, um, obviously virtual here. And uh, I I never get to go away this time of year. My wife and kids go without me uh, when they uh, visit family. So because. It was virtual. I was able to get away. So that that's that's where I am. I'm in uh, Boynton Beach, Florida here and uh, excited for this. Wow, podcast. I can't believe he gave the town. I can't believe that's that the either. biggest that's shocker of the entire yeah. Uh, yeah. podcast. I'm very surprised by that. I also I'll, I'll get to all my notes later, but I did like that. Uh, you know, I thought it was a bit of a coincidence. The one time I've heard Zach say he didn't have any work to do was a night when his family uh, was gone and he could settle in with Tommy. I mean, I don't remember Zach ever, regardless of month, <laughs> week, day, saying it was a night where I didn't have work to do. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I don't know, convenience, uh, irony. I don't know how you want to frame it, but I, that did get, catch my attention. 
Uh, you, you know, it's it's interesting you say that because I I felt like such a jerk. By a, a filing, I had a running game story that was supposed to come out Thursday of last week. Okay, and you know, as as we discussed on the pod, Nick Sirianni uh, was well, tested positive for COVID, so so obviously my Wednesday was was different, and I had to push that running game story back, and I felt so bad filing it on Christmas Eve for it to run on on Christmas because I'm like, someone's gonna have to edit this now, uh, and that person doesn't have family who's out of town right so i'm taking this person away from their family but our editor adam stepped up was interested in editing it and uh that that appeared saturday but anyways enough about me let's let's talk about the eagles being uh potentially clinching this week all right well we've got plenty to get to we will get to a little squall 22 from mr national we've got uh more news to talk about from the eagles front we were gonna maybe discuss uh you know some playoff scenarios who's the team that you would want to play if you are the Eagles, but Zach, we start, it is uh, hashtag Dennis Sember. And, um, you know, he sent a question uh, over to me with a request to ask to you to start the show. And I'm doing this because it is Dennis Sember and because he's so helpful to us with the playoff scenarios. He wants to know, Zach, if you can name the two players on the Eagles practice squad who have been on the practice squad all season long, but have not been protected or elevated at any point. Oh goodness. Um, Marissa, can we make like this type of thing? Like a, you know, app only, uh, app only content. I know. Two can, looking two for can you name? I don't know. Stuff. I think actually the, the sickos love this kind of stuff. You can ruminate on it. You can ruminate on it. It can distract you for the rest of the show. And you can let me know when you're ready to, uh, to hazard a guess. They've been on the entire season and since okay. week one. Since week one. Okay. All right. Okay. I, you, I will give you, you give that, that you give that some thought. Yeah. Okay. Uh all right. Well, in the meantime, there is uh plenty to get to, and I'm gonna put you on the spot because it is time now to send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman for the latest that's going on uh down in Florida, where they have eyes on the Novacare complex from a distance. The Philadelphia Eagles will return to practice tomorrow, Wednesday. They've had two days off this week while the team prepares for Wednesday's, uh, I'm sorry, for Sunday's game against the Washington football team. We will get into all the playoff possibilities. I don't need to go through that with you. Uh, but the Eagles did have some COVID-19 news today. Um, well, they uh, they have more defensive ends. Derek Barnett, that was, that was yesterday. Derek Barnett, uh, and Teron Jackson put on the COVID-19 reserve list. Um, the Eagles only have one healthy, I, I shouldn't say healthy, one active defensive end on their 53-man roster. That's Josh Sweat. We will see what happens here because Ryan Kerrigan also still on the COVID-19 reserve list. Uh, the Eagles signed Kerryon Johnson. I should have led with this. I'm sorry. Miles Sanders will be out this week, has a broken bone in his hand, um, and uh, Jordan Howard has a stinger. We don't yet know Jordan Howard's status, but the Eagles are down running backs now. They they have Boston Scott. Um, they have Kenny Gainwell. They have Jason Huntley on the practice squad, but they also signed old friend Kerryon Johnson to the practice squad, so he could be a possibility for a Sunday elevation if they need that depth. There's still no update on Brandon Brooks. Brandon Brooks uh, has been out since week two. The Eagles are 
I would say, Bo, is it fair to say purposefully vague about this? They really don't want to reveal. Curiously, curiously and purposely vague. Yeah. Well said. That's a that's a better word. Um, and and so pay attention to that. And then the the last uh, bit of news here, and I imagine Shield will have a field day with this. Is this is the time of year when national reporters, so Shields compatriots, uh, put out uh, names Senior for coaches. National reporters. Yes. I'll, I'll put out prospective coaches and Jonathan Gannon getting buzzed by multiple or from multiple reporters this week as someone who's going to get interviews. So uh, pay attention to that. And uh, Jonathan Gannon, of course, said, come on, guys, I'm only focused on next week's game. So who do you know who who's Jonathan Gannon's agent? Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> I I don't that's uh, yeah. I, I that's okay. Out. I was yeah. just wondering. We can yeah. look at yeah. We can find yeah. out. Arliss. Well, that 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 person's doing a uh, a very good job. I I would imagine. Not that you know. Well, I'll say this about Gannon. Like based on on his resume so far, a, a one year as a, as a defensive coordinator, not a standout defense. You're not going to say like, all right, that guy deserves coaching job X, right? Like you would really have to sell it to your fan base. But, and, and Bo can attest to this too. He's the kind of person who like, if you put him in front of an owner or, or you put him in, in front of a group of people who are hiring, he can win the interview. I mean, I have, I have little doubt about that. He, he, he has that type of personality and people who have spoken about him uh, talk about his leadership qualities. And, and I also white, think of course, he's got that going for him. Right, he's a white guy, which is yeah. which is uh, which is very important. <laughs> I would also, I mean, just just in terms of like, uh, like league circle stuff, he was a you know he, we we heard all the time that he was a very popular defensive yeah. coordinator candidate last offseason. so he was already in like that zeitgeist of those circles. So I yes. think it's probably reflected to that. And also an interesting uh, comment on the chat uh, looks a little bit like Guy Pierce. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah. And, and really, I mean, with coordinators, you don't have to go by, did they, you know, did their units or whatever perform previously? It's a totally different job. And so, yep. uh, you know, I, I think what Zach's saying there is right. If he, if people, if owners know him, if they've heard good things, if they like stuff about, uh, his leadership, how he would run a program, all those things and want to interview him, uh, I'm kind of with you, you know, if you're, uh, not that you need to hire someone who the fan base is going to love right away, but yeah, there's just not a lot to go on where you say, Hey, you know, look at what um, this person has done. When you look at the other candidates who are being mentioned, you know, Byron Leftwich, Doug Peters. I mean, these are, you know, people who have uh, accomplishments, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they would be better candidates than him. So it's a, it's, it's certainly a, uh, a tough process. I am surprised. You know, I, I thought he would kind of be on the list as like, other names mentioned, not necessarily mm. someone that would be interviewing because I, I do think I'm whether gonna be it's be pretty, I'm going to be pretty shocked if he gets a job this yeah. year. Yeah. Whether it's because he's made a good impression on a lot of people, which is possible, or whether it is that he has a good agent who is media savvy or a combination of the two, uh, you know, he's, he certainly has generated buzz both as someone who should be considered as, you know, high expectations as a defensive coordinator or now someone who could potentially get a head coaching job. Yeah, I think that's fair. And as you said, white guy. So, you know, I can't go wrong. Just find another one. Uh, okay. 
Uh, well, hold on. Last thing is, I, I think we've said this before, is that the, these owners do not run, you know, they, they don't have a great process for finding uh, head coaches. So the fact right. that he's on some of these lists or that the national insiders are naming him like that, that will actually, that is meaningful. It's not just, you know, someone who's throwing it out there. I mean, they, right. they like look the at owners these look lists. At these they lists. go off these lists. They right. really do. Ridiculous. I mean, yeah. you know, that that's not, I don't think that's uh, hyperbole. And so, um, you know, that, that does count for something. That's crazy. Uh, Sheil, uh, these new, uh, these new COVID protocols, you up to date on these? You ready to talk about these? I mean, I wish I, I was catching up on like 10th. I feel like it was a very busy one hour leading Flex, up to the okay. show. And so I was catching up on a lot of things. Where's so, this I mean, hat I, you got going by the way? A cool looking hat it looks like like illuminati nice. borderline though like what, what's the uh yeah no that's what it is that's what it is okay yeah um so yeah i will let you lead the uh lead the discussion and uh i'm happy to chime in on it zach are you up to date on the details here up to date in that i i read the news story i i haven't done my own reporting on it like i haven't spoken to people about it but i yeah i'm up to date on the news story and what uh, I uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to our own Lindsay Jones. Yeah, who's doing also, an, an outstanding job covering this. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, she's really the only person I feel you need to follow or read. I mean, that's all I do is I just go to her Twitter feed and then read her uh, news story on the Athletic, and that's why yes. I yeah I feel like I can sum it up pretty quickly that the new protocols that are in place right away are that whether you're in Bo, you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, or we can piece it together uh, as a group, or if one of you wants to pull up her article. But my understanding is that effective immediately, the new protocols are that if you test positive uh, after five days. If you're not feeling symptoms, you can return, whether you're vaccinated, unvaccinated, uh, that doesn't matter. And so that's basically it. I mean, isn't, isn't that it? It's, it's actually not very complicated. I mean, isn't that all it boils down to? I think think it is. I think it's five days of being asymptomatic. I think it's not just like, no, no, it's if you're, no, it's if you're asymptomatic on the fifth day. Really? yeah, and and by the way, and this it's all like based the, off self-reporting. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Correct. Now this is from this is uh, this is coming from the CDC too. Like they're taking their guidance from the not CDC the self-reporting too. part. No, but but the the five day quarantine period, right? That that you're allowed at that right. in that service of getting people back to work, which is of course the number one most <laughs> so, important thing. So so basically, uh, what it is is that if you don't have symptoms um, after five days you no longer need to test. You can come out if, if you don't have symptoms. If you do have symptoms, you obviously have to have to stay in the protocol. Players who are vaccinated can test out of the protocol before five days. That hasn't changed. They made that change last week. So in theory, if, if you test positive and then uh, the, ne- the next day you test negative or you have the low viral count, uh, I'm sorry, the low viral load, then you can... Uh, return to play like Nick Sirianni um, did yes, last weekend. It, yes, exactly. Um, and then uh, some of some of the other changes uh, is that well, so after that 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 uh, day five period, you must wear an N95 mask if you're time. unvaccinated. No, both. even okay. Both outside of that uh, five day period, once Got you're it. cleared, um, there are changes to the in person meetings to the. Uh, to the there are there are certain weight room limits um they, and the eagles they, have been proactive here just to keep it on on that yep. topic uh they have they are separating the quarterbacks which is mm-hmm. always an interesting uh 
topic, but but I think for Eagles fans, tangentially, uh, the 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 big cause and effect here, if you will, is that earlier in the day, Carson Wentz goes on the COVID nineteen list because he's unvaccinated under the previous rule, like the rules four hours ago, he would have had to miss ten days, so would have certainly missed this weekend's game, um, and would have been potentially eligible to return for Week eighteen. Now, as long as Carson is asymptomatic by Sunday or by Saturday, because the, the first day is considered the day you test, not the day you get your result. Um, so uh, he would then be able to return to play. And according to our Stephen Holder, uh, the Colts are operating under the presumption that he's going to be back this weekend. Well, uh, the only the only correction I would say is that it's not whether he is asymptomatic. It's whether he says he's asymptomatic. And that, that to me is the biggest problem with this whole thing is like relying on guys to be honest here and report symptoms. I mean, it's like, what if, what if a guy gets hit in the head during a game? What, like, what if they treated concussions? Like the players get to make all the decisions well, and it was, it was purely based on your own reporting of symptoms. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's ridiculous test. They have I'm the gonna, resources to test. I I'm going to push back. I understand I, that I'm things just, have changed, and they, their data says that, uh, like, all the cases are Omicron, and Omicron is not uh, is is not affecting people, and and asymptomatic people are not spreading the disease. That's fine. They're they're adjusting things. My two issues are one to to still treat unvaccinated players the same, um, and if I was a player like you know Darius Slay, who we have talked about, who was like. Uh, uh, on the fence about getting it and you're, and you are incentivized to get it because it's for the team. And uh, like you're doing your part for the team. I would be, I would be pissed about these things. Like they've perverted the incentives a little bit, but two, like to, to make it completely self-reported for uh, like experiencing any kind of symptoms is ridiculous. You can't trust the, you can't trust well, them, I'm, to be honest. I'm going to push back on, on, on it, on it there just a bit. Uh, because if you look at the amount of players who went on the COVID-19 list last week who were vaccinated, they, from from my understanding, it was all based on self-reporting, including Nick Sirianni, by the way. Um, because, okay. yeah, so what... So what, some now, people are doing it. Do you think that every yeah. single person who, who no, so felt the, symptoms reported symptoms? The big change here, and this is kind of where I agree with you, is it's no longer... Um, self-reporting it to find out if you have it. Now it's self-reporting it to get out of it. So I imagine if you've been away from your team for five days, you're going to say, all right, I am. If, if all of a sudden you, you have symptoms, it's, it's pretty obvious to those around you. Like if Nick Sirianni was leading the team with symptoms, it would be fairly obvious. Right. But after, after five days, Maybe. I, I mean, yeah. some of the symptoms are very mild. Okay. Fair. Look, I'm I I'm I'm not trying to uh, to be argumentative or, or 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 disagree with you here. I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying last week there was a lot of data that suggests players and coaches. Did I just don't understand the 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 way they're proceeding. Like it 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 makes sense if they have the data, but they're not. Like why are they why are they turning their back on testing? And it's because they want to be able to play the games. They want to be able to get the money from like playing these playoff games and games down the stretch that matter. They don't want important players to be missing if they can get away with it. Well, is there evidence of spreading it during a, there's no evidence of this being spread during an actual game, right? 
As I was I mean, saying, I don't know. Uh, I, don't know. I, don't know. I don't know. As I was saying before the show started, like I, I think it's it's very important to recognize what you don't know in life, right? And like I, I don't pretend to to know about about epidemiology, right? Like, and and I'm not one of those people who who goes to who goes to the Thanksgiving dinner table and is like, well, the latest CDC report is saying such and such. Like, all right, all right, what are the rules? And and let's operate within the rules. So that's that's kind of the way I, I look at it. I, I don't know uh, about the spread. I read everything that the NFL says. Um, but frankly, I think Marissa would be the one closest to it because she literally lives with someone who's breathing on other players for three hours a game. Yeah, I mean, uh, it seems... <laughs> <laughs> It's like yeah, close you contact. You should see how that guy breathes. <laughs> yeah, she had. Yeah, he had cl a close contact with with Kenny Clark for you know quite a bit the other day. So, yeah. I mean, I would think the risk would be the team more in the team facility. Uh, you know, and, and like you said, they're doing stuff uh, virtually, staying in the team facility with a lot of people as opposed to playing uh, a three hour game on Sunday. But I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Okay. Okay. All right, let's take a little break. We can come back and talk about the actual Philadelphia Eagles and some football stuff. Just to close the loop, I, I don't know the data on or what they know about in-game transmission. So that was more of a question. I didn't want that to come across as me uh, stating something uh, clearly because uh, I don't know. And obviously, I mean, no, you're not going out on a limb if anyone who's saying that um, they're making these changes to get the – games in to get the best players out there to uh appease the coaches the owners the gms to you know money financially driven company driven obviously those things are um number one it's the nfl we th that should just be kind of the uh, assumption for every decision that is made um and it's incredibly trite to complain about the uh like the trending topic bar thing on uh twitter but uh it says here uh, trending Frank Caliendo following news of John Madden's death. Many recall comedian and actor Frank Caliendo's famous impression of the NFL legend. That's what that's the number one thing we're going with. That's what people are talking about. I've never, I don't think I've ever paid attention to what's trending. I, I, I don't even know how to get to that. I use tweet deck or I use my phone. Okay. Good. Good for you. Smart guy. Uh, all right. Are you are you prepared to discuss your thoughts on the game, Shiel? Yeah, I, I watched the whole offense. Uh, I started Oof. the defense. I did not get through the whole defense. This was probably, I thought, the most boring uh, film of the year. I don't know. There, oh there were some terrible the games. First half, that, yeah. that first I half. I, I didn't feel boring. the need to, you know, go through this. What is you it, didn't need to see tooth, Mike Lennon's last three cone? series. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I didn't. So uh, I have some notes uh, on the offense. I mean, I don't really know what you want to take away. From the defense, I think like it's one of those what it's is it? Hard. It's hard. It's hard. Things can be true right. type things where one you get credit for smacking down the opponents you should smack down, and they didn't. You know they didn't give up like multiple touchdown drives. They get credit for that. Uh, so you did what you did on that specific day. At the same time, if I'm going to use that to be predictive about what they're going to do the rest of the way, uh, I'm just not going to, you know, I'm not going to go there when you're playing against Jake Fromm and you're really the last two weeks you've gone up against a fourth string uh, quarterback and a third string quarterback. And so you don't, again, you don't choose who you play. 
uh, other teams are, you know, not performing as well when they faced uh, teams that have backups in there. So you get credit for that. But uh, I'm not going to crown them, uh, as they say. Let's see what the now this weekend against Washington, like Taylor Heineke has been a starting quarterback. And so if you go there and you do that to them, I'm not going to say, well, Washington's offense stinks, even though, it, you know, it kind of it pretty much does. But that's like more the type of opponent that you're used to facing. And of course, if you're doing it in week 18 uh, against Dak Prescott and a, and a Cowboys team, like it matters. Uh, you know, I'll come out here in a, uh, I'll get a custom made, you know, Jonathan Gannon for mayor, uh, birds with friends t-shirt or something if you want. And I'll come out and uh, wear that for that game. So that that's kind of how I see the defense. It's hard. It's hard to separate like what, what seems like improved performance on defense from, the schedule that they have played in the second half of the season. It's hard to do that on both sides of the ball, especially because they have like completely changed their identity on both sides of the ball to coincide with the easier half of their schedule. So that's why like I'm excited for the possibility that, that this team makes the playoffs because then we get to find out, we get to, we get to test whether they are a different team um, against, against better competition. Yeah. The, the, uh, the defense thing I, and for, to, I, I guess for disclosure with our audience, like I've been spending the day trying to figure out how to tackle this for a story. Uh, and it's head it's, down, it, eh. aim for the chest. <laughs> don't, 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 don't look at the eyes. Look at the belly. <laughs> and, button. Okay. Uh, but you know, the interesting thing there is I agree with you, right? When, when you play against Jake Fromm and you play against uh, Garrett um, Gilbert and, and some of these other quarterbacks too, that, that, that they've, that they played against, right? Clearly, uh, you should be be dominating these guys. You shouldn't be giving up points. You should have the production in terms of yardage and points allowed that they have. The flip side is that um, when you play against like Patrick Mahomes and you play against Tom Brady, you're gonna give up yards. You're 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 gonna give up points, right? So, uh, and I I asked Gannon about this today, right? Like how do on, on both ends of the spectrum, how do you factor that in to the evaluation of your defense? Yeah, I'm, pu I'm pushing back on that. I heard you guys okay. talk about that in the, uh, the post-game pod. And I think, I don't know if I'll speak for myself, but I, I think we, I can I, I can say we, but I know, like when you evaluate, when we were talking about those games, I mean, you went in with the expectation, you knew they weren't going to uh, shut them down. It was a matter of like, did they do okay. anything? And so yeah. that, I think that's why I was so annoyed and, and they yeah. weren't trying anything at those times. I mean, I still think the that Chiefs and Bucks game. I think that Chiefs game, when I still do my thing, where I sort every game by EPA per drive, I still think that's the most efficient offensive game any offense has had all season. And by the way, you can look at what the Chiefs did in the seven, eight weeks following that, and they weren't doing a lot. I mean, they did not have a fair. great offense. That's fair. And so uh, I, I think we I think we were fair with our expectations uh, in those games. No one was expecting them to hold those teams to 14 points. It was just a matter of, oh, my gosh, it's drive after drive after drive, first down after first down after first down. Uh, again, the the armpit sweat with the uh, opposing quarterback, which, which we haven't had to talk about in a while. And so, uh, you know, I, I think those games were talked about fairly, and I think these games are, are talked about fairly as well. And that's but to part Bo's of the, point, that's, yeah, yeah, uh, I was going to say to, to Bo's point, right? That's exactly what the Eagles are going to see in the first round of the playoffs. They're going to see one of those quarterbacks. Well, and I also well, think that, that, like, I, I also, I also think that, like, they wouldn't approach the game the same. I'm yeah. not sure how they would, but like, I, I do think there is something to what Gannon has talked about a little bit, 
which is that like he was trying to figure out what these guys could do in in like the basic tenets of the scheme and now they've been able to expand things and now he knows the personnel better that doesn't mean that like that wasn't a bad coaching performance in those games but i think i think they they do have more tools in their toolbox and he understands them better still i mean they're 8 and 7 and the best quarterback they've beaten in those eight wins is either Matt Ryan or Teddy Bridgewater, depending on yeah. where you want to fall on that side of the coin. I was going to say, you you just want uh, one game against a what would be considered a good offense where the defense delivers, you know, right. an impressive performance. I mean, that doesn't seem Which like... they haven't. That doesn't seem they like too much. That, no, again, it hasn't been, you know, you play who you play. So all these quarterbacks have, have not been good. And that has been the way the schedule has fallen. And so that's not their fault. But if I'm going to get to the point where I'm saying all those things you mentioned, wow, they figured some things out. Hey, give him credit. He figured out his personnel. Wow. He added these little wrinkles when he faced, you know, maybe when he faces Dak Prescott a second time, maybe there'll be different wrinkles and right. that'll be the game. And we'll say, Whoa, I didn't know they had this in him, but that's what you want to see in my opinion from a, a defensive coordinator. And so we'll see if they're able to deliver that or not. And like, I, you know, I, I tweeted yesterday there, you know, their record now is, is eight and one against teams with a losing record and oh and seven or oh and six against teams with a winning record. But they're also like, they, they deserve credit because they're not just beating those teams with losing records. Like they're, they're uh, blowing teams out. They're barely in close games. Uh, I think their, their margin of victory in those, eight wins is 18 points, which is nuts. And it's yeah. And that's good. I mean, that's great. That's that's the conversations we're having in August. I mean, this is not a, this is not the most talented team in the NFL. I mean, they're mediocre to below average in my opinion, in terms of talent. I think there's a strong arguments that they're getting more from their uh, personnel than you would just look at uh, on paper. I think Sirianni should be getting more coach of the year buzz. Okay. Well, that sounds like a, that sounds like a strong column. You know, okay, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Endear yourself, yeah. You know, if you <laughs> actually if you actually think There's that the way. Day after for next week. Yeah, yeah. 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 If the game. I mean, uh, thank you, know, you they Marissa. Gotta they got to win, yeah. but that's good. You know, last week, I, there, there goes my Patulo, but. <laughs> Yeah, there goes your uh, Patulo. So uh, again, none of that is is yeah. There uh, goes your Patulo. Is negative. I mean, that's kind of this is the class that we're talking about. We're not talking about them among the NFL's elite. No one was going to do that, and so it, you know they're they're doing a good job where they are. If they make the playoffs, it's like a, a to me, it's probably already like a you've already exceeded my expectations uh, for the season. You've won more games than I thought you were going to win. You you've won more games than the betting markets thought you were going to win, and you still have two left so that's a good place to be i think they clinch on sunday i think jason derulo every time you mention kevin patulo do you do that (laughs) jason derulo every time in my but now i will yeah so well (laughs) give us that noise okay well i was gonna i was gonna save this for the uh oh okay uh, oh uh, all right yeah let's save let's yeah no 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 let's keep talking about the game Okay, well, let's get let's get Shields' thoughts on on the offense. I, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on Hurts in particular because he was pocket Hurts. He ran the ball twice. Yeah, I mean, it was it was not a great offensive performance. I mean, uh, you know, they they made some plays late. The first what one, two, three, four, four first four possessions. Uh, you didn't come away with anything. They looked uh, they looked slow. They looked flat. They looked. Uh, 
uncrisp, which you guys alluded to. You know, do we give them soggy? Some... We should call that soggy. Soggy. You, you yeah. like a soggy cereal? I, I love a soggy. Depends cereal. on the cereal. We've, ta- no, as we've talked about the mark. Says, no. The mark of a good cereal is that it's good both soggy and crisp. Well, I don't know if that's like true. Cap, I mean, like there can be crunch. different classes. Oh, soggy cap and crunch. Oh my gosh, so good. Talk about like just a dessert treat. I don't know uh, what they put in there. Delightful. I mean, if I ate that at this age, I would probably be like in bed for uh, a week. I haven't had that in a long time, but oh yeah. Honeycomb, I feel like it was good as a, as a saga as yeah. well. Uh, honey, I think I would prefer honeycomb crisp. Me too, but but, but I did like it soggy. You save a couple, yeah. It's not yeah. so bad. Like cap and crunch, I would just let that bad boy, you know, if I oh, could. But I like it fresh. I like it crisp too. You just, you got to get yourself a big old yeah. bowl and then you work your way through. You get, you get all true. the textures. And you appreciate the soggy more when you start the crisp. It's sure. kind of like when you fr- find the one onion ring in the fries or vice versa. And you're like, oh, you know, that's pretty mm-hmm. good. That's a nice treat for me today. All there right. you go. That's a, be- uh, that's a Burger King staple. The, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the that's true. yeah. Donald's yeah. Other, other places don't have the onion. Yeah. Right? So I guess that's I am true. talking about Burger King was way ahead of the curve in, in uh, you know, vegetarian uh, fast food. Now, nothing. Taco Bell was always the king. You know, when my parents moved to the country in the 70s, you're looking for a vegetarian fast food. Taco Bell. I don't know when it started, but they had them hooked up. Other places slowly, you know, evolved. And some of them. You know what I like? <laughs> totally off topic. Yeah. Um as we should be. Have you been to Duchess? I think it's like, is it no. Connecticut or mm. New England? Well, you should know a Duchess. They're not all no, over the Marissa? place where I'm from. I I, 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 I no may have been to them once in my life, but it's it's not something that left an impression. I believe they are the only uh, fast food chain, and uh, you know they're not nationwide, that has uh, a Beyond Meat uh, mm. veggie burger, which to me is the superior burger to the Impossible Whopper, which Burger King is uh is peddling mcdonald's so. has a new one that they're that they're rolling out slowly but i don't what? know if it's beyond or impossible what i haven't seen this it has, it's not campaign? no no it's not it's not available around what, here you yet have they, inside information with oh, McDonald's? the doughboys they reviewed the on doughboys oh, oh, okay but you don't uh, remember what kind it was i don't remember what kind it was okay I th- I think it was impossible, but I'm not. I'm not. 100%. I mean, seriously, McDonald's. It's about damn time. I've been. I've really. been. We've been. Uh, we've what the been, hell's uh, taking you so long? We've been incorporating some uh, some of the impossible and, and beyond in the uh, in the Wolf household. We made some impossible meatballs last weekend oh. or, or last week rather. Okay. Uh, I feel like New Year. We want. We want. We want to be cutting down on our meat consumption, especially uh, during sh- the week. I Shout made chickpea to- nachos last night, and Michael oh. actually ate them. Look at you. Yeah. Okay. So chickpea. Chickpea is like mixed with taco seasoning instead of ground beef or ground oh, nice. turkey. And then on top of. As I think I've said before, we do some seitan tacos there sometimes. You go. Yeah. Uh, and and shout out. Very nice. Shout out to the Capriottis in, uh, in Springfield. Jennifer uh, birds, Capriotti. Birds with friends listeners made me a nice impossible. You know, it's a, uh, it's like a uh, imp- veggie cheesesteak with the impossible. Ooh. stuff instead of the meat delicious the bread there oh my gosh the bread you were just happened to be driving by and they invited you in no we ordered it and i go in i had a little chat uh with my boy james doing a great job there nice reader Fantastic. to the athletic and listener to bird i didn't Con. realize it was a place Shout i thought it was james. like a family and no no yeah no i never heard of capriotis invited you over yeah, I've heard oh, of capriotis. yeah. there's capriotis yeah. around the burbs yeah okay okay eagles uh, your, your thoughts on, was much uh, your more, thoughts on there. I was Way much better. more into that. It's like, uh, it's like we, um, 
we recorded a uh, we recorded a a Christmas uh, a Merry Christmas video for a listener's father uh, for about six seven minutes. It was the best piece of content we've done all year. None of you will ever see it. It's too bad. Well, I don't. I actually tweeted at uh, our friends there. Was it Jeremy? Yep. Jeremy yes. and Shay, Jeremy. right? Jer- uh, yes, that's right. And I asked for uh, permission to to to. Uh, he gave us permission. He did clips he, on YouTube. He, yeah, I, he gave us permission. I thought I had a strong carrot take, so maybe um, you did have uh, a strong carrot yeah. take. Now, Post-season. I mean, I mean, it feels like it's it's opening up a bit of a Pandora's box. I mean, maybe maybe it means we just got to get on cameo. Uh, yeah, I someone messaged me after the uh, uh, the Ospreys. You guys should have your own uh, cameo, which. Uh, I, I didn't think TTC. we were big time enough. I didn't think we were big time enough to have uh, to have a cameo. Then again, I saw some of the guests that we had on the Ospreys. <laughs> I don't think the the threshold is is that high. Wow! Shots fired at tugboat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I think there would be a small uh, niche market for that. So I don't. Well, that's why we got. That's why we, we got to really they raise. They could go to charity. We could do it to something yeah, good. Exactly. I would cut them. I would edit it. I would do it. Okay. Well, I say uh, that yeah, now. <laughs> I don't know that there's going to be large demand for that, but uh, maybe, maybe we did open Pandora's box. I tend to think we didn't. But... We can, yeah, we can pull the money and, <laughs> and, and send something nice to Marissa on her honeymoon. No, yeah, no, we can yeah. donate it all for sure. Okay. Uh, all right. The offense, uh, yeah, I just thought it was sloppy. It was stale. I don't think they, you know, I don't think this was an empty the kitchen sink game. I don't think they thought nor they were should have, have been. Yeah. Nor, nor should have been. So it's not something that I look at and I'm like, you know, wow, you know, huge, huge concern. They were uh, terrible. They made a couple big plays. The downfield ball to Devontae Smith, the one to uh, Quez Watkins. They gave you a little bit of creativity with the Lane Johnson touchdown. What'd you think of that? Are, are you in the camp? That you keep that in your back pocket for a day you need it, or are you in the camp where, where like uh, give the I didn't know these camps existed. Well, we talked about on on the the post game (laughs) pod where I said to Bo, like, why waste it? Then Bo gave a good point. Give them else something to think about, right? Yeah, I mean, I could go. I was kind of with you, you know, when they say, was it you, Zach, who said when they say, you know, when they announce the guy is ineligible. I mean, right. shouldn't you at You're, least like always? I mean, they're a hard that just shows a horribly coached team right there. I mean, shouldn't well, you at it's least weird because it especially, bit? especially if it's the guy who's not on the end of the line. Like usually, the guy who's eligible is the sixth guy coming in who's playing on the end. Who's playing on the end? Uh, and so for it to not be Brett Toth reporting as eligible, I, as I said, like that made me like, oh, what are they going? Are they going to throw it to him here? Right. And nobody. I mean, well, it's it's not a not a well coached team, I guess. I guess yeah, their defense is fairly sure. well coached. No, but like Shane Steichen was talking today well, about the Darius Slay play from two weeks ago, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, we we had that in just to give the opposing defense some eye candy, and it really worked, right?" Yeah, he so was, like he was sort of like he was sort of making fun of them for how how yeah, seriously and, they took Darius. Slay. But like that's wow, what I would think. Is, Steichen like, shaves. And this, this, that's this week's opponent. So yeah, that's as good like, as it gets from Steichen. Yeah. It's like worst case scenario, or I, I shouldn't say worst case scenario, but like, all right, if if you're the opposing defense and they uh, announce 65 is eligible, like even if it, if you put too much attention onto him and you fall for something else, right? Like, all right, I, I, at least we're guarding against this happening. Like there's, they're telling you this guy can catch a pass. I'm sorry, my voice cracked there. This guy can catch a pass. Right. 
you shouldn't let that guy catch a pass, right? I mean, there was no one within like three miles of him. You know, it, it now, was. Sirianni, Sirianni did say something to the effect of like, that's not a play that you can have in against everybody. It depends on the defensive scheme, the way that they play things in the red zone. I don't okay. know how, I don't know exactly what that means, but yeah. I thought it was nice. You know, it's a long season. It keeps oh, players absolutely. engaged. It was. A I was surprised. Game. I thought there had been a, a, an offensive line touchdown since Todd Harriman's for the Eagles, but and and the reaction. No. Uh, I did notice the reaction. You would have seen this live, but I was just looking at it a couple times out on the film because it's so cool when uh, when somebody like that catches a touchdown and you see how everybody reacts. Actually, it's it's really funny if you look at it. Did you guys notice Boston Scott actually is pointing to? He's going to hurts like throw it. He's open. Throw it. <laughs> really, I did not. I don't that. think he. Yeah, like I don't know if he couldn't believe how wide open he oh, was. But yeah, he, he literally has his arm up and is like, go oh, throw it to him. Then I did note it. Like hurts does a little dance afterwards, and it's like the most Everybody he celebrated. Yeah, he, I, I haven't seen him celebrate a touchdown like that before. Yeah, so I think those moments are good for a uh, for for a team. So I, I thought um, that was cool. I thought uh, your point, you know, Hertz is running is like a monumental storyline to me Huge. going into the final two games here. And you guys touched on it on the post game pod. I mean, just that, you know, I think it was two. They were straight zone reads. I believe the two runs he had. Uh, I did not think he looked very spry. Uh, now, I don't want to read too much into like what, you know, that it's a very small sample. But I just remember the one where he ran to the right side and then towards the sideline. Again, he was playing two games and, you know, whatever five it was, days, what was right? it? five days. And so maybe that's uh, understandable. And I think it was smart for them that, hey, we might not need to lean on him as a runner in this game. But like, you know, if that's taken out of the repertoire, it is a different offense. I mean, you're not going to be a top 10 uh, offense in, in terms of efficiency if you don't have that element uh, of Jalen Hurts as a runner. So that to me is like a huge thing to watch for. Even this weekend against Washington, are they going to have that or are they not going to have that? Well, and like so here's this, what Nick's here. Oh, it, well, I was just going to say it's why, like, if they can clinch this weekend, that's so huge to give him another to give him a week off of the ankle, so that he can run with abandon if 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 that if if that does indeed help. So here's a snippet of what Sirianni said. A little bit is what the defense was giving us, and a little bit was just being extra careful with the ankle. But I think we're past that point. I think we're able to to do anything he needs to do for us. Uh, and, and then he said, I don't see there being any restrictions moving forward. So, uh, yeah, very curious to see what it looks like this weekend, because for them to be the offense that, that they need to be with Hertz, a quarterback Hertz needs to run. He's, he's not at the point where you're going to win with him being like entirely a pocket quarterback. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the the scrambling, the zone reads, but it's also like when they were at their best there, it was like the, in, you know, the counter, or yeah. the counter bash run. I mean, he's running like inside there and they're picking up huge chunks of yard yardage. And so it's, you want all those uh, tools at your disposal when you're going to be in some competitive games down the stretch here. And as a scrambler, I mean, he didn't scramble once right. in that game. His two, those two runs were were sort of like, uh called 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 runs like that's part of that's part of what makes the offense effective is, is him being able to pick up especially on like third down um, and, and i was watching the game back and uh you know I'll, I'll 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 defer to you guys here on on this but from I saw that joke from my analysis it it was more uh from the, your analysis the, the giants weren't really worried about him running either right like the way the giants were playing defense yeah um 
they were like, all right, this guy has a hurt ankle. He's not going to take off. It really seemed like, uh, like they were sitting back ready for him to pass the ball. Yeah, I think that, I think yeah. that's fair. I, I mean, I did. Uh, yeah. I didn't notice that watching it, but now as you were mentioning it and I'm thinking about it, uh, I do think that that, uh, that is accurate there. So that was one thing that stood out uh, to me. Devontae Smith, that that touchdown catch was incredible. I mean, looking back at it, like I thought if the ball is out in front of him and it's one of those where you're you're getting on your tippy toes and reach, you know, outstretched arms like out of bounds, like that's how you see it. The ball actually brought him back inside. And so to then have to turn your body and make sure you're still staying in bounds, it's just incredible. His Bless awareness, you, his instincts, it goes back to uh, Alabama. He's just like a very natural with all those little things. So so that was a fantastic. I play. also thought I, I thought that was a good throw. I feel like that that throw gets undersold a bit. You don't think so? I, agree. I don't know. I I, well, you thought, you watching it, I sort of thought it, but he's going that way. I thought the throw should, I don't know. I mean, others can chime in. I thought the throw should be kind of outside uh, towards the sideline in the direction he's running it. I mean, he had to stop and turn around. Uh, it wasn't a bad but throw. But if it takes I mean, him too far, then he can't. Yeah. His- yeah. I mean, ideally you don't want that to happen. You want to give him uh, a chance there. But typically when you see a play like that, I feel like that's mm-hmm. how you see it. So it was fine. Um. One thing I was I was thinking about, and I asked Steichen a little bit about this, is you know just like how how slow things started um, in that game, like the balance between your game plan in the beginning of the game. How much is it like just trying to go out um, and and have an efficient offense and score points right away versus like what are you trying to do to to set up how the opposing defense plays the rest of the game? And part of this is like you know in a running game. If you're a running based offense, you know, we touched on this briefly in the post game pod, Zach, but just like it plays out over the course of the game, those those body blows, you expect to be able to run more efficiently as the game goes on. Um, like, I don't I don't I don't think that means we give them credit for like how poorly things started um, going three and out or four and out for three or four straight drives against a, a mediocre defense. But like, I, I think it's fair to expect that. Uh, this offense should, generally speaking, look better in the second half than it does in the first half of games. I don't know. Is that I, unfair? Yeah, I think I think that's fair in terms of like wearing down the opponent. Yes, but I do think their scripted plays need to be better, right? Like I agree. you, you know, that's that should be uh, un- unless you're of the opinion that you use those scripted plays to try to see the defense in certain looks so you know how you're, you're going to call the game the rest of the game. And I have spoken to coaches who view the script that way. Uh, yeah. But obviously, everyone wants to score early in games, right? The, you know, right, I, of course. I, I, I'm not to sound like Joe Banner here, but uh, Joe Banner always – he's he's spoken about what, what early leads do for teams, right? And, uh, and, and so – Nobody um, talks about the record of teams when they're winning at <laughs> halftime. Nobody talks about that. <laughs> but no, but th- I mean, there's there's clearly validity to that. So, but uh, I've always been so confused by that. Like, if you can start, it's like the same. Like, if you told me, hey, you can start the game up seven nothing, I'm I gonna agree. have a better chance to win than if I start the game zero zero. 
Like, of course, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. like there's nothing you can really, I mean, if I guess, I guess he's talking about it in the context of like, be aggressive early, which uh, yeah. I agree right. with, but pass, like, yeah, pass to but run, like pass to get I mean, you know, you can't check a box that says, oh yeah, well this game, we want to get a lead, but you know, next week, let's just, uh, let's let the other team get out maybe 14, nothing. And right. then we'll come back. Like, no, you know, nobody really does that. So uh, that's not, you know, that to me is always sort of a, a weird I don't know. It's, it's kind of like an obvious thing. You have to no, give it the right. proper it's, context if you're yeah. talking about it. It's like in, in, in baseball, you hear and, and you read about the value of first pitch strikes, right? And, and like what an 0-1 count does. And it's like, yeah, obviously, you know, like if right. if, if, if there's strike two one. Two strikes closer to us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah. No, I agree with you. Uh, I thought, uh, boy, and actually I saw you gassed him up a little bit in the uh, – Day after, I thought Nate Herbeck had issues in this game. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I thought it really uh, stood out. Maybe it's because oh, okay. the offensive line is so good every yeah. week, and like no one's screwing up. Uh, I mean, I haven't. I, I don't have grades for every Nate Herbeck game this season. It felt. Like I was thinking worst, mostly of the Boston of the touchdown. It seemed like he. Yes, he, he pulled and did a good him, job yeah. there. Uh, but uh, yeah, they had. He had issues with uh, Dexter Lawrence and at times Leonard Williams. Uh, in this game, I thought, you know, it, it was probably his worst game of the season. Now he's he's played well overall, so we don't need to uh, overreact right. to that. But uh, I did think he was quite clearly their worst offensive lineman in that game. Uh, As you, you would guys, expect, he should be their worst offensive Yeah, lineman. but I mean, but, like, yeah, but yeah, he wasn't it's on fair like, to say it was his worst level. game. Yeah, yeah, yes, he, he yeah. didn't play. I should just say he, did, he didn't play as well as he has played yeah, that's uh, fair. throughout the season. Yeah. Uh, how did you not lead the postgame pod with uh, Tyree Jackson almost having a catch? That was one that I missed live because I had the Eagles yeah. game on one TV. But once it gets to that point, I'm not that paying as tough, much attention. Man. And so it was kind of a nice surprise as I was watching the film. Oh, oh wait, did he get one? Did I miss? Hey. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor guy. He fell down on the route. I don't know if they showed that on TV or not. But, oh, before uh, the ball was thrown? Yeah, he fell down, and then got he, oh, back up, and then he had a chance, but the guy punched it uh, right out of his hand. So that would have been a, an exciting moment. And it was very, like, he should have just, like, it was a very – an embarrassing drop, like just catch the ball. Like it came out too way too late from the, yeah, like, I, I, it was I, like, I, he had I, never I, been, I think I said to Zach, like yes. he was like, that was the first time he'd ever been hit trying to catch a ball before. Like, <laughs> right. It, it might be. <laughs> it probably was. Yeah. You, you don't do that in practice. So uh, that it was is funny to think about um, like the, the Ertz trade uh, because Goddard has been so good yes. since the Ertz trade. And it's like, you know, they should have maybe made this trade sooner because they could have had this, they could have had Goddard be the the, the focal point of the offense sooner, uh, but it, it's funny to think about the that press conference when Howie was like so making so much of it about how they want to get a get a look at Tyree and have Tyree be a big part of the offense too. Like, okay, I feel like I correctly mocked that immediately uh, on the next pod we did right after yeah. that. Yeah, you were on it there. <laughs> I think we all were. Yeah. Listen, I hope Tyree Jackson has 100 yards. I'll put him in my swooper next week. Yeah, I'll I mean, if Tyree saying, Jackson turns out to be Richard Rodgers yeah, last year, that's it's a good hard. Outcome. It's really that's hard, fine. those yeah. situations. I mean, it, it's not easy to come in and uh, be good. And, you know, usually those types of things don't work out. And it's great when they do. That's why my lotta, you know, it's is so fun because, like, the odds are against something like that happening. And so when it happens, uh, it's great to see. My uh, lot of, by the way, is, is such a, a fun player to cover as well. Yeah. Like he's, he's getting to that point now where he's, he's always been comfortable with his own skin, but like, he's like, he's, he's comfortable up there in press conferences. He has a good sense of humor. He's not afraid to be honest. He, he, he does a good job putting 
his thoughts out there. Um, and you don't always get that from like young offensive linemen. So he, I, I appreciate that. Quickly a is, fan favorite. I feel. Yeah. My and I feel like this is sort of the connection I was trying to draw on the day after and, and I didn't make it super explicit, but just like in that sense, like the torch has been passed. I feel like, like he is the new guy from like Kelsey and Lane. Um, yep. And that's like, that's what it's, that is what is carrying them forward. But he's like, personality wise, he's like, he's like the guy. No, I'll tell you who he is, who, what torch he's taken is, is the Brandon Graham role mm. of like, like if locker rooms were open, like, oh, yeah. you know, my Lotta would just have the big crowd yeah, every right. day. If people ask every, him every reporter thinks him they're, making they're best jokes. buddies with him. Yeah. Like, everyone thinks that. Yeah. Just like, a, he's just generally a friendly person. Uh, who doesn't who doesn't seem to mind speaking with uh reporters so that's kind of what it reminds me of except we get the only difference is uh Mylana has he's done this a few times he will disagree with the premise of a question mm, whereas bg of course yeah. you could ask him anything and lead yeah. him in any direction and he will just <laughs> yeah. he will just take it and go that's true always hilarious it got him into trouble at times for sure <laughs> now earlier in his career you know brandon you know you think this cowboys team is having a lot of trouble don't you like even oh, yeah, they stink, yeah. no, they're having some issues they're having some issues next yeah. thing you know and my grand yeah. cowboys having issues yeah. i think you gotta talk to uh we, we but you know what? He got a talking that, to. That makes me like him even more. He, he, got a real, he got a legit talking to when he said he was going to whisper in Aaron Rodgers' ear after <laughs> sacking him. He wanted to do that. And, and that is oh, that man. is when like what Andy a great was career. Like, you got to stop doing this. Good for him. <laughs> you know what? You don't want to just blend in. They try to make you blend in. Yeah, uh, exactly. Out, yeah. Look what happened. He has had an unbelievable career. Football. He's a franchise yeah. mainstay. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So. I would say far be it for for me to give PR advice, but like always, uh, all it just just be true to your personality. Like like be who you are. Don't try to press it because if you are who you are, it will come through more naturally. Unless you're an a hole. <laughs> well, you're a bab- you're a Jason baboon potentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Anything um, else on on your uh, your thoughts here? N- n- no, I mean, yeah, I did. There were drops. There were you know. Um, inaccurate how about passes. The, how about yeah. the play that uh, and and uh, Ted did a great job writing about it yeah. for us. Oh, but the play that's that's capturing the attention of well, uh, all twenty-two heads everywhere. Why don't we throw? Uh, why don't we throw to Jalen Hurts' explanation of that play, uh, which we have because Marissa is uh, of course so talented. We were supposed to play this on the on the game or on the post game pod Sunday night and forgot about it. So let's let's dial it up now. The busted coverage. How did you how did you see it? Well, put the play in, um, and we're expecting we're expecting seven bracket. So basically, twenty nine safety McKinney from Alabama, he's bracketing Rager, and they're playing kind of in and out, right? But they're in quarters, cover seven. So got to find a single maybe, but in the play, what I was coached to do, just go through it as a pure progression, work the shallow to the running back coming. Only throw that versus a certain look. Um, and my shallow popped, um, and McKinney fell off and, and drove on the shallow after I threw the ball. So McKinney made a really good play, and they busted the coverage backside, so he was wide open over there. So my pre-snap look did not give me um, what I wanted to throw the corner to Dallas, but definitely looking after the fact. Um, it's easy to say throw him the ball, but um, hey, you're going to miss something like that, you know. And, and as a quarterback, you want to play on schedule and get the ball out on time and try your best to do that. 
um, and just trust your preparation and your reads and your progressions. Um, and you're going to have guys that pop, but um, you got to try and stay on schedule and do those things. And, um, you know, th- those happen. And well, first of said, all, that was Ted awesome. I, you, you, could yeah. sort of, you could sort of tell he was thinking about him. Should yes. I go there or should I not and go there? And he never goes there. He hasn't. This is right? the first all season, time he's I've done that. And I, I, like like, that. I've been like begging him to go there, not like getting on my knees, but like trying to ask questions like that. And I'm so glad that he, that he did. It's like, like that's that's great. Yeah, it's awesome when coaches and players will explain stuff uh, to you, and the fans really appreciate it. I don't know. I don't think they often don't understand. I feel that you you know the the fan now is much more sophisticated than when I was you know a fan growing up or in high school. I mean, none of this stuff was uh, you know talked about at least in the content that I consumed. It was much more general, but now there is a huge appetite for that. Um, and so uh, that was really cool. Yeah, I was texting with Coach Flynn about it. Uh, Ted Wynn uh, did a fantastic piece, a great breakdown on it on the Athletic, which you should go read. I was not on read. those copied on those Flynn texts, just for the record, Zach. Neither was I. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, I mean, I think I, he explained it well. Yeah, I don't think he did anything wrong there. I mean, his read is if Quez Watkins ca- comes across there, uh, that's the read. If it's open, throw it. Now he was a little late on it. So if he throws it earlier, maybe McKinney can't break on it. Uh, I mean, the concept is for McKinney to get occupied by Rager so that he's, you know, bracketing him. And, and Rager never in. threatens him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know that Rager, like uh, someone else, uh, I, I don't have a strong feeling about whether Rager did anything wrong there. I sort okay. of felt like McKinney made a good play, uh, made a really good play on it. Saw where the play was going, broke on it. The throw was a little bit late and he made a play there. I mean, Goddard's, wide open not because they schemed anything up that was great uh, i mean they they did put watkins in motion and that confused uh the giants in the coverage that they were in which is sort of dictated by where guys are lining up you know one two three uh from the sideline in and so uh no one picked up goddard and so that's why goddard is wide open but that's not not like part of like Jalen Hurts isn't necessarily supposed to look over there and say, hey, is Goddard open here? If they get a certain look, then he can throw that to Goddard. Uh, but if they don't and the first read comes open and he thinks it's open, he throws it. You don't go around and look to everything else. And I thought Ted made a, a good point that if you sort of are, are peeking over there and you notice that they they busted the coverage, uh, at, you know, maybe with more experience or maybe a more veteran quarterback might notice that right away that, hey, they're not passing this off correctly and maybe he's just going to spring wide open, then you can notice that and throw it. Or if you coach it differently, I actually told Coach Flynn uh, we should make a note of this when he comes on next because it, it's, it's sort of a larger discussion about how you teach the quarterback to go through his uh go through his progressions and so um that that's one we can definitely come back to but i think the bottom line is that it wasn't you know i don't think hurts did anything wrong uh on that play other than you know get the ball out uh, a little bit late because it mm-hmm. was open there a little bit earlier if it comes out earlier maybe he catches it and it's closer to the goal line and and i'm just going to defend real quick uh my colleague of seven years jeff mclean i saw in the comments section people thought like Hertz was like dunking on the question, if you will. And what? no, I it, like the purpose of, of, you know, the, the purpose of asking the question is to try to get an answer like that is like to try to get yeah. clarity. And he was on, following on up because happened. Sirianni had touched exactly. on it in Ex- specific. Yeah. Like in a similar way during his. Exactly. Time. It's yeah. great so. that he got that answer. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't absolutely. get that. Yeah. And Hertz, Hertz wasn't acting like a jerk. I mean, no. Deshaun Watson yeah. answered one of these last year and it was yeah. a, still a good explanation, but there was a hint of like, you know, do you know right, what you, you're talking about right. to the reporter? I mean, I didn't, there was not even a hint of that with yeah. Hertz here. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it, yeah, I, I hope he does that every week, frankly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know what? Uh, if you talk to, um, and I know that you do talk to PR, you, sh- you should just let them know that the feedback yeah. was great and it was very well received. And, P- you know, like kind of the discussion we just had that fans like eat this stuff up now. And, uh, you know, he explains it, Sirianni explains it, and now everyone can have a more exactly. to steal a word from Zach nuanced discussion on what happened there rather than saying Jalen Hurts sucks. Look, see, you know, he didn't even notice Dallas Goddard was wide open because if there's no explanation at all, then anyone can run with whatever theory they want. And you can say, oh my gosh, he's not seeing the field well again. And so that adds clarity. And uh, really, everyone, including the parties involved, really benefit from it. And like, as, as you said, Coach Flynn knew exactly what was happening. The opponents, when they watch film, they know what's happening. So there's no like competitive advantage right. that you're sacrificing by explaining it. Because I, I I do think you know those involved in the play understand what's going on. Truly, I do not know how we are ninety or sixty three minutes into this podcast uh, already. But Cere- uh, we, the serial we- talk, the people said mm-hmm. someone said that I really you know I'm at my most passionate when I'm describing vegetarian food options. So maybe that's true. I don't know. That probably is true. But we do need to take uh, one more break, and we'll be back to talk about the playoffs. All right. So things set up very nicely on Sunday for the Eagles fan, as long as the first part goes their way. If the Eagles are able to beat Washington at one o'clock, that sets into motion uh, a series of events that could allow them to clinch a playoff appearance by the end of the day. The Eagles are four point favorites over Washington, not as big as you might think. And then at four o'clock, they are rooting for one of two outcomes, at least one of two outcomes. And that would be either New Orleans losing to the Carolina Panthers, the fledgling Carolina Panthers. That is less likely. New Orleans is a seven and a half point favorite, but they also have the seven and a half point. uh, Well, I guess, I guess Taysom Hill will, right. I mean, for whatever that's worth, we'll play. And more importantly, they have uh, the Niners over the Houston Texans to root for. The Niners are 15 point favorites against Davis Mills and the resurgent Texans, which seems a little bit, uh, a little bit extensive. If Even the, with if, Trey Lance at quarterback, that's interesting. And if that maybe if, because of Trey Lance at yeah, quarterback, there you go. good point. <laughs> and if one of those two things happen, if if both of those windows go their way, they then have the Sunday night game. All right, hold on. Sorry, I lost track. All right, so Eagles okay. win. Eagles and win. It's one of those two. One of those two. So and either two a, things a Saints are, loss or a Niners win. I either mean, a Saints loss or a Niners win. Okay. Right. And um, then you are rooting for the Green Bay Packers to beat the Minnesota Vikings Sunday night. Uh, that is a six-and-a-half-point spread oh, wow. in favor of the Packers. So and the, Packers are the, home, correct? They are home. Undefeated. So the, they are undefeated at home. The, they don't lose with LaFleur. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I might well, have just jinxed it for Eagles fans, but, but they the, are like the, as close to unbeatable as there is with LaFleur and Rodgers at home. So three favored outcomes. So the plurality of outcomes uh, is in their favor. That would is the most likely thing, but it is still – Odds wise, a little bit under fifty percent chance to happen. But if those, if if three of those things happen, the Eagles are in the playoffs before Week eighteen. They're the team who can rest their starters. What's the Packers Vikings line? Did you say that six and a half? Six and a, okay, so yeah, so the least likely thing is the Eagles winning. The least the game. likely thing is the Eagles winning the game. Uh, well, that sets up. Th- those are really fun days when it's yeah. is sorted out like it's that. It's set up so perfectly like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, you if the Eagles win and then you can sit down and you only need one of the two at four o'clock. So that's like, you know, that's not asking for too much to just get one of the two. And then the night game, I mean, you're you're in a good position. So that could be a really fun day for Eagles fans. As I've always said, it's more fun to root in those other games where you need something oh, yeah. to happen you're than it is invested, to root for yeah. your actual own team. I you know, it's not even close. None of the none of the you're not the same agita. No. Yeah. Agita or is it Agita? In in our house, we say Agita. Hmm. We don't use it in our house. Yeah. What are you we gonna say do for the post game pod? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. To what do. are we gonna do about the post game pod? That's interesting. Well, I, I think if all the scenarios line up into the Sunday night game, we almost have to do like a live watch. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, Ooh, I Bo like was that. already doing that last <laughs> week, just yelling Heineke in the middle of the podcast. So uh, if it's actually going to mean something, then yeah, I think it would yeah. be good. Well, if we can get Sheila on, then even better. Listen, I didn't I mean, Sheila, like I feel like if all that lines up, you got to come on. We just said it's not that much. I mean, come on. It's, only, it's less than 50%. Here, you're you're flipping a coin. Yeah, I'll, I'll think about it. We'll see how I'm feeling. Okay. We'll see how much, how rested I feel on, you know, on Sunday, if you don't There's know a lot of New Year's, a lot of no, I, I mean, it's like, a, <laughs> yeah, it's more a matter of like, shoot, did I eat ice cream after like nine <laughs> o'clock <laughs> or something? It's, yeah, it's not going to be a wild New Year's. So, we did want to dip our beak just a little bit uh, into the, you know, the Eagles are, we might as well have these conversations now. It's part of the fun. If the, if, if you are told that the Eagles are going to the playoffs, who is the team that you should you should root to play? Who you think you the Eagles have the best chance of beating? And the, the contenders here are uh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Dallas, Los Angeles, and theoretically Arizona, uh, which is possible if the Cardinals if and Cardinals and Eagles both went out. I believe. Would the Eagles be locked into the seven no, no, seed, or is there any way they can no. get the six? They can get to five. That's actually what five. I just okay. what I just messed up is if the Eagles okay. if the Eagles win out and the Cardinals lose out, which is very possible. The Cardinals have the Cowboys and then the Seahawks. Then the Eagles are the five seed. Okay, that's interesting, um, and, and that affects your Week 18 strategy as well. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Dan. I just see Dan. I, I see Marissa put Dan on the screen here. Uh, the Cardinals are the are the team you. It's you also, but that's see. the least likely. It's yeah. It, it's it's unlikely to happen. But just uh, I mean, they've already lost to the Lions. They they're they're in this December collapse. Uh, I mean, Kyler Murray's an incredible quarterback, but they're also one of those teams who it's it's maybe like a year too early, right? Although I say that they have all these old guys too, so I I don't know if that's. Yeah. The, but sometimes you know teams teams get there, they get that taste. And then it's the next year when they make some noise. Um, and, uh, yeah, that that would be the team I would want to see. Out, outside of of them, I wouldn't want to see either of those Bay teams, uh, you know, mm. either Green Bay or, or Tampa Bay. I don't want I, I wouldn't want to see Rodgers or or Brady. Um, Dallas. I, don't think, uh, I think the Packers is not a bad matchup. We saw the run game. In, yeah, you want to go in the Lambo and yeah, try to why win? not? I, I mean, going into Lambeau, they've playing been, against they've Rogers. been a little bit lucky this year. They've been a little bit lucky. Their record in one score games, like their point differential yeah, is not great. Still... Like, like DVOA wise, they're a little bit lower. Like, yeah, it's going to be tough to, it's going to be tough to beat any of these teams in their building, but I don't know. I think you could beat the Packers and like, think I... of the satisfaction, the satisfaction of, of finally canceling Aaron Rodgers. I, I would probably say the Rams though. 
of those teams, I would probably say the Rams. Of the realistic ones? Yeah, uh, uh, either the Rams or Dallas. I mean, I like Dallas is is mm. so dangerous. And not to say the Rams aren't, but uh, I would probably say the Rams there. Sheila, you're the one who's got who's who's got yeah. the, the pulse here. Yeah, I wanted to hear your opinions first, and before okay. I, uh, I would go, in. I would go. Uh, I I feel like, well, I guess the Bucks injuries, uh, without knowing what the deal is there, that could that could be not so bad. But I feel like I feel like the Rams are beatable. I feel like I feel like any of those teams are beatable. I don't think anybody's like unbeatable. I think the Eagles could win a game. Yeah, do you have uh, maybe while I am uh, talking? Well, I, I know you don't like when I give you work, but that site, okay. in unpredictable, is that the mm-hmm. one where you can see the how much they would be underdogs by to other can teams? Can I do I that? Mean, I don't know. I haven't y- done that. Yeah, I think it's called unpredictable, um, and okay. they have odds there. But uh, yeah, I would say Cardinals absolutely first. I mean, I would really, you know, you, could you you're, you're going to be underdogs in that game, but you really have a good chance to beat them. They are not nearly the same team they were in the first half of the season. They don't have DeAndre Hopkins. We'll see if he comes back for the playoffs. Uh, they lost J.J. Watt in the middle of the season. Uh, they don't have a lot of answers offensively. I mean, their, their plan A is for Kyler Murray to like be a superhero. And there are a lot of weeks where he can do that. But if he doesn't do that, uh, they have issues. If they don't have center Rodney Hudson, they are a yeah. totally different offensive line. Uh, they're, you know, they're in game management with Cliff Kingsbury. I think you would have a, an advantage there. And so, um, to me, it's really not even uh, not even that close. I think the Cardinals would be first, and you can run the football on the Cardinals as well. Uh, I would have the Rams. This Go is ahead, affecting my uh, my my lag here on the video, so I'm okay, don't do worry it. about it. Sorry, uh, Rams. I would have second. Uh, Matthew Stafford, the game he played on Sunday. If if that <laughs> were Jer- if that were Jared Goff, I mean that would have led. Monday shows that um you know they're not going to do anything with with uh, this quarterback and McVay's propping him up. He threw three interceptions. He had at least two, maybe three others that could have like you know when I say could have been intercepted, one was in the defender's hands, and there were two others that they got their hands on. His accuracy was all over the place. He averaged five point three yards per attempt. I mean, he let the Vikings stay in that game way longer than they should have. Their defense actually played pretty well. And this is not just a one-game thing with Stafford. If you look at it, this was in, in my column today, which, of course, theathletic.com slash birdswithfriends. You can subscribe. Five of his last seven games have been below league average in terms of EPA per play. I mean, he makes, you know, Bo, you would always make fun of, uh, rightfully so, Cousins of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for making those boneheaded mistakes. Like Stafford makes mistakes that you would, you know, it, like you would look at it and say, all right, Zach Wilson, he's just a rookie. You know, that's like, and it's and it's not every week, but it's not just like one bad game either. I mean, it's crazy some of the decisions um, he makes there. So I think you would have uh, certainly, you know, I, I don't think that's a bad matchup. They don't have your boy uh, Robert Woods anymore. Of course, Co- Cooper Cup is a tough matchup. Their offensive line is not great. Um, and so that, that would be number two for me. 
The other three are tough. I mean, I, I would really have a hard tough. time seeing them beating the the other three teams. Uh, I think the Packers point differential and the DVOA stuff is actually overstated. I mean, they got blown okay. out in week one. Remember, I mean, that was what, like a 35 point loss or something that skews everything else. And then there are other numbers. They play one game with Jordan Love where they can't score at all against the chiefs. And so their offensive numbers dip down. I mean, to me, their offense is really as unstoppable as any offense in the NFL. I'm a little. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go, no. What are you oh, no, saying? Just, I'm a little, I'm a little like, uh, not down on, but just like DVOA, like the Eagles jumped from 24th to 15th in defensive DVOA the last two weeks, even though they were playing yeah. Garrett Gilbert and uh, Jake Fromm. Like let's, well, what's going on? I think here? especially this year when there are such different versions of these teams, yeah. you know, like, like if you're facing the saints now compared to the saints in week three, it's totally different. Uh, and, and, and with players missing in such key spots, I agree with you. I've tried to not lean on that, um, you know, nearly as much as previously. And even with that, like you mentioned, it's such a small sample. I mean, the stuff we're looking at now, you feel like, all right, the season's almost over. When you look at it after week 18, it is going to look uh, a lot different. So they adjust for opponent, but um, I, I don't know how you really adjust for, Hey, this team is down to its, uh, third string quarterback this week. I know they try to do that, but I think that that's probably pretty, uh, challenging to do. So the Packers offense just clicks. I mean, they've been down offensive linemen and hasn't phased them. Rogers has, you know, has looked unbelievable the last five weeks or so Devonte Adams. You're not going to be able to stop him. They've got two very good running backs. I would not trust this defense at all to get stops uh, against the green Bay Packers. Now, could you run the ball on them for a lot of the game? Yeah. I mean, you could, I think your approach would be, let's just string together these drives. Let's not do anything to beat ourselves. Let's stay in it in the fourth quarter and try to make a play. And so I think that, you know, that is an approach that could work. You absolutely can run the ball on them. And so, um, you know, maybe you have an opportunity there. Uh, Dallas, Dallas has the best defense in the NFL right now. It's crazy. I think crazy. in my preseason thing, I projected them to be 31st or something. Uh, it's incredible. They just have guys who are like, they have the frightening type of defense that like if you were an Eagles fan, you know, like me growing up and, uh, you know, your love of football was in the early 90s. I'm not saying, all right, this is going to I'm going to get I would get crushed for that. So let me rewind that. They are not those types of defenses. But you know what? You have the good defenses that are you're like, all right, they're sound. They do a lot of good things. And then you have the sort of defenses that are more frightening that you're like, we've talked about. There's like, the, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Well, yeah. Yes. Like there's like, the, like, there's the vast middle, like good defenses, but like, they, are they really affecting the outcome of the game necessarily? And um, even personality wise, like you're like, yeah. shoot, you know, we have to come up with a plan yeah. for uh, Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, and, and some other guys there. And I mean, like Parsons and Lawrence, you know, together are just a terrifying duo. I mean, that would be pretty fun to watch, actually. My that'll be, you know, I don't know if they'll all be playing in week 18, but man, my Lada and Lane against those two guys, that would be really fun to watch. Trayvon Diggs, like anytime you throw near him, he has a chance to get his hands on the football, uh, come up with an interception, which I think every time we mention my uh Rager um Jefferson take, at least you know, I should get thrown a bone for at least I like Trayvon Diggs, like I Trayvon think more Diggs. than consensus. <laughs> so and also you know offensively the cowboys have been more up and down but i don't know against this defense uh i would trust them to kind of figure things yeah. out they're a very complete team there's they're i think first in dvoa i know we just talked about that not being the be all and end all but i think they have as good a chance as any team in the uh, nfc really if you just look at the the talent they have on the field 
uh, to get to the Super Bowl. And then the Bucs, I mean, that's probably the one where I just had the hardest time thinking that they're going to beat yeah. the Bucs. Uh, you know, I don't know. They've beaten Tom yeah, Brady. You got to hope, you gotta hope that, that like Evans is, is still injured or hampered. So they've got one good receiver. Like, it's still know. Tom Brady. It's, I mean, it's still that defense. great offensive line. Yeah. They'll run on them. I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know. About it's that. a su- It's the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. Uh, they played the extra games. You know, it's it's the end of the next season. They maybe their legs are are tired. I would almost you you have sold me on. I would rather play. I would rather play the Bucks than the Cowboys. So the fascinating thing though for oh, for wow. the Eagles would I be. I wasn't even trying to do that. The fascinating thing for the Eagles, <laughs> and and we don't have to get into this at, at, at nine twenty five, but it's it is something to, to potentially discuss Sunday, is if the Eagles do clinch. And there's a possibility they play the Cowboys in the playoffs. How do you handle that Week 18 game, right? Is if if the Cowboys are trying to play for seed and they go all out, does it behoove the Eagles? Like, all right, let's not show them anything. Let's let the Cowboys show us a bunch of things, and you know, let's just let's just be ready for uh, for the playoffs. You know, if I, I'm I, if I'm the Eagles and I clinch next week, I'm sitting everybody who so, matters. So there you go. So 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 that could be, and the Cowboys might be like, all right, well, we still have a chance at this seed, right? And they've so they might be playing everybody. So in in that respect, uh, it could be a slight advantage for the Eagles, right? Now, what if you have an opportunity to, you know, to get to play five. in Arizona? You yeah, know, right. Could that be? That could be one of the possibilities, right? I mean, do you mess with that? I mean. To me, like Green Bay, Dallas, Tampa, I, I'm not really thinking, hey, I would rather play. Yeah. I'm not going to do anything to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to play one over the other. But if you're talking about, you know, Arizona as opposed to one of those three teams and uh, it, it's kind of locked in, then I think it becomes a little bit more interesting. Then you could just play the, hey, you know, we just play our guys. We play exactly. every game to win and not specifically say it. But uh, everyone well, can there's understand. The thing We're from Philadelphia and we fight, man. Right. <laughs> right. We'll play them in the, the parking lot. They don't care. Move. They're going to move a couple games to Saturday, that week eighteen, right? Oh, is that right? Um, which I know is like uh, hashtag Dennis Ember, like infuriating to him because there's no way to do it where it's not going to give an unfair somebody, advantage to yeah. somebody on Sunday, basically. Well, so who if there are they going to move to Saturday? Meaningless games or meaningful games? No meaningful games. Oh, but there's no way to do it where there are no impacts uh, on other games, basically. So, like, if it is a situation where, say, you know, it's Cardinals-Seahawks or something like that, and the Cardinals win, or maybe the Rams lose, because the Rams play the Niners. So Rams-Niners Week 18 could be a game that would likely be flexed. Say the Rams lose their next two games, and Arizona then has the, the Seahawks on Sunday to win that division, and the Eagles could find out that if they win or – and get in then they or i don't know what it is but it's possible anyway it's it's hard to say but yeah the cardinals it is possible depend uh, i don't know nothing beats, nothing they beats might not the know they might not know all week that they have that opportunity and then they get to make the decision on sunday on who to start yeah nothing beats the nfl flexing the eagles week 17 game last year thinking that was the most consequential game and then the eagles tanking the game on national television for the whole football audience to see Right. Like like the NFL yeah. saying, all right, this is the game that everyone's yeah. going to want to watch because Washington needs it for the NFC East. And then the Eagles being like, yeah, we're just going to play Nate Sudfeld. Maybe that's maybe that's why Eagles Washington got moved to Tuesday this year. <laughs> there you go. True. They didn't, they didn't have any juice. Yeah. 
Uh, and of course, the wild card weekend, there's a Monday night game also mm, this year. Oh, so man. there's all sorts of that would just get that for podcasting purposes. Yes, that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> know, so. All right. Uh, all right. Oh, did you have a, you had other notes? Uh, podcast no, I'll, notes. Ju- I'll, I'll come with them on uh, Thursday. OK, Thursday, 3.30. We return uh, on Birds with Friends. Oh, hey, real quick. My my guess for the trivia question. Uh, just, yes. Uh, Thank you for I, me. I have no off. clue here. But you know, I, I I appreciate all Dennis does for us. So how I, much I has, how much have you been thinking about it throughout the show? Oh, I've I've looked at the practice squad roster, but I haven't gone through like the week to week things. Um, my Check guess off. is go ahead is Keyshawn Johnson or Raekwon Williams. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know how to interpret Why is that. Why Bo just face. smiling? Yeah. Right, come on, we're one twenty six in. Marissa's got five hundred <laughs> things to do. Answer if he's right or not. Keyshawn Johnson is correct. Raekwon's not? Chekhov's okay. Keyshawn Johnson. Raekwon Williams is also correct. Oh, oh really? Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Good job, Zach. Wow. I don't even remember what the question was, but it sounded <laughs> unbelievable. Well, because I uh, early in the season, they were going Marvin Wilson. And so yes. I, I was thinking, all right, well, if they went Marvin Wilson over Raekwon, they haven't done Raekwon. And they always did John Hightower for the wide receivers, and they didn't have Deion Kane the whole year. So that's how I, I, I went on mm. the Keyshawn. But that was very right. impressive. If there's that any further analysis sick. of this, save it, save it for the app only uh, short or okay. the YouTube short. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Great right. job. Well, thank you thank for you. listening to this episode of Birds with Friends. We'll be back on Thursday at 3.30, live on YouTube and in your ears on demand. So for Marissa and Zach and Shield. I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. As always, we love you.